Amen. Hallelujah. Well, we did have some fun um, uh, just going to different places. We were at some of our Glory City churches in America. We were on uh, television over in uh, Augusta and a few different radio interviews. But I was really blessed in Grovetown at one of our network churches there. Uh, People were coming and there was a young guy that got up and testified about how many years ago he'd been in one of the meetings that we'd done. And he had been in a a drug rehabilitation, drug and alcohol rehabilitation centre that Pastor Tony Thompson had set up. And they came along to this conference because they were bussed in and they sort of had to be there. And they were watching people getting healed. And they saw a lady who, you know, um, she'd come in on a walker and God touched her and healed her. She threw away her walker and was literally dancing, celebrating this beautiful lady. Uh, But they were thinking, oh, you know, this is staged. That's what this guy got up and testified. He says, oh, I reckon this is all staged. You know, I've seen this on TV, you know. And, um, and then, he, uh, then he said, but then they brought a baby forward. And this couple had brought a little baby, a foster child that they had that had been shaken when she was an infant. And as a result, her, um, her, she'd lost her vision and her eyes had just begun to roll around in her head She had no control over them. One would go this way, one would go that way. And she was 18 months old. She'd never walked because she couldn't see. She had no sense of balance. Um, And they brought her forward. And the Lord just gave me a holy boldness just to command her eyes to come straight. And as I did, bang, they did. And this guy just fell to his knees and gave his heart to Jesus on the spot, which was so beautiful. But you know, that's, that's the reality of it. People are looking for what's real. They wanna see Jesus manifested. They wanna see truth. And this is the, the, the privilege that we have with this message of freedom, of the freedom of the cross, is that we are hidden in him and he gets to be made known. He gets to be glorious, amen? Wonderful Jesus. So we did have a um, wonderful time. Also had the opportunity to minister up at Harvest Chapel in Pennsylvania. Who knows, uh, Dan Mola. Um, so that's his, the church where he attends. And uh, Pastor Dan Wallaber, who is the senior pastor there, he's going to be coming out here and ministering for us in September, which is going to be beautiful. And it's just, it's so beautiful actually finding um, like-minded believers who are walking in the same revelation of freedom and righteousness and holiness and um, with, with just the joy of knowing that it's all because of the, the power of the cross. It's all because of Jesus. And so you'll really enjoy that um, as he comes out. I'm not going to share too long tonight because I just believe the Holy Spirit is wanting to move on our hearts. He's wanting to touch us. Already, I know that the Holy Spirit has been doing so much, even in my own heart, just as we're worshipping tonight. But as we were worshipping, I was thinking of a scripture. I want you to turn there with me. First John chapter 5. Do you like First John? Yeah. Oh, I love First, Second, and Third John. You could just eat it for dessert, you know. So delicious. So delicious. I was reading through 2 Corinthians today too, and it's just, it just read is so healthy for your heart. Now, the Word of God just 
helps us see clearly. Now, deception is, the nature of deception is you don't know you're being deceived. But the beauty of truth is that in his light, we see light. And if you're struggling to hear the voice of God, open up your Bible and just read it and read it and read it because in it is the words of life. Hallelujah. And you read it and let the Holy Spirit convict you. Don't just read the bits you like. Read it all. And let the Holy Spirit touch you and minister to you and bring you freedom and bring you truth because it's so, so powerful. Um, but First John chapter 5, I was just thinking about this tonight, says this, whoever believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God and everyone who loves him who begot also loves him who is begotten of him. By this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and keep his commandments. Hallelujah. Uh, who enjoyed Mark Greenwood last week? Hallelujah, he's so precious. We love our um, Glory City family and we just love what, he, what the Lord's doing. Uh, but his book, Awake to Righteousness, who's got that? Who's, it, if you haven't got it, you need to get it. It'll just bless you. I had the joy of writing the forward to that and I think I'm rereading it now for about the fifth time because it's just it's so good for your heart. Hallelujah. And I think it just um, communicates the gospel so powerfully and so so well. Mark really has a gift of communication uh, that I think is, is just so, so special. But the title of the book is called Awake to Righteousness, and it's taken from the scripture, Awake to Righteousness and Sin Not, because there's, there are those that don't yet know. There's those that don't yet know the truth, the freedom. And the reality is, as we awake to what Christ has done, that we've been set free from sin, we've been set free from ourselves, hallelujah, that we've been united with Christ in His death, His burial, His resurrection, this reality is not just about us, it's also for the ones that we are called to love. We are awakening to righteousness and recognizing we have power to not sin anymore, that there's there's power to live truly holy, truly righteous. We don't have to live with the idea. And I was talking to Tom on the way in tonight about it. This thought that people tend to adopt that it's like sickness. They think, well, I'll just have to live with that. Sin is not something that you have to live with. Compromise is not something you have to live with or think about as some sort of thorn in the flesh that you have to put up with. Sin and compromise is something that we have been given power to be free from and it is absolutely possible to live free in Jesus, amen? And that good news is something that the world needs to hear. Awake to righteousness and sin not because there are those who don't yet know the truth. <coughs> The reality is, when we start living in the truth of the identity that God has given us, when we start living a life that is truly free from sin, it's not just for us, but it's for those who don't yet know Him. It's our way of loving others. Compromise and, and sin is not, is not something that just damages you and leads to death. It's, it's something that, cause, that limits our capacity to really love the world that desperately needs to see him. 
God's yearning and longing for us to wake up to righteousness and live free because there are people who desperately need to see him. Your capacity to represent Jesus is given to you in the freedom that we now have to live and walk in the freedom of of righteousness. Amen? Amen. But it says this, whatever... um, Verse three, for this is the love of God that we keep his commandments and his commandments are not burdensome, hallelujah. His commandments are love God and love one another. For whatever is born of God overcomes the world and this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Who is he who overcomes the world but he who believes that Jesus is the son of God? That's an amazing statement. Whatever is born of God, is anyone born of God? Overcomes the world. That is your definition. That is your mandate. That is your destiny. Hallelujah. To live free, overcoming the world. And this is the victory that has overcome overcome the world, our faith. That's an astonishing, an astonishing statement. But it's so true. If we will actually believe that what Jesus has done has given us power to walk as overcomers, if we will actually believe, if we'll apply faith to what God has done and not just take this message and let it hit us and and not impact our hearts, but take it and begin to apply faith to what Jesus has done, that faith will cause you to overcome the world and live free and holy and powerful. Hallelujah. This is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. Faith in the Son of God, faith in what is done. You know, I've been talking a lot about uh, this year being the 500-year anniversary of the Reformation, the revelation that the just shall live by faith. But that revelation is something a lot of us can quote, we can, we can talk about, we can say it. But I believe there is a Holy Spirit spotlight shining on this revelation right now and inviting people to begin to apply faith to righteousness, to begin to take it and actually say, thank you, God, I have power today not to live under bondage, not to live under fear, under shame, but to live free. You see, bondage and, and sin causes shame. And the enemy would like nothing more than to make you believe that you can never actually be free because if you have even a little bit of shame, it robs your confidence before God. First John chapter three says, if, we have conf- if our hearts don't condemn us, we have confidence before God and whatever we ask, we receive. Which is a pretty stunning statement. It's a bit more exciting than you're reacting actually. I don't read the Bible and go, oh yeah, that's nice. I, I'm like, I read the Bible like a little kid that goes, whoa, that's awesome. And we need to be like that. Let's like, let me just say it again in case you didn't hear it. If our hearts don't condemn us, we have confidence before God. 
confidence toward God and whatever we ask, we receive. And this confidence, this freedom from condemnation and shame comes when we embrace the truth that we've been set free. We're no longer a slave to sin. I'm no, lo- I'm no longer a slave to sin. I need to change my expectation, in other words. That the, the freedom of the gospel means that we have been set free from a normal <laughs> life. That there's a whole brand new normal. That we need to apply faith to this new state of being born again of an incorruptible seed that we've been invited into this brand new nature in Jesus. And he's given us power to apply faith to this and overcome the world every single day by our faith, by the faith that he's given to us. So there's nothing we can take credit for. He's already given us the faith of the son of God. You go, well, I haven't got enough faith. Hello, it's no longer you who live, but Christ who lives in you, and he has plenty. It's true. And you need to start applying faith to this this magnificent truth so you can walk free. Amen? Amen? Who is he who overcomes the world? But he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. Jesus, the Son of God, that is the Savior of the world, the Savior of me, the Savior of you. What have you been saved from? It's a good question, something to think about. What have you been saved from? Is salvation to you just a ticket to heaven? It's so much more than that. You have been saved from the old way of thinking, from the old life. The old life looks like mere human thinking where you think, well, you've just got to, it's just normal to live in compromise and sin. No, you've been saved from that life and brought into this the sparkling kingdom of God that is pure and holy and righteous and full of peace and joy. The kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. It's not some concept that you go, oh, that's nice. This is an invitation waiting for your response. He's waiting for you to respond and say, yes, that's what I've been made for. That's what I've been saved from. I've been saved from a life of sin. I've been saved from death, hallelujah. And I've been brought into the kingdom of the son of his life. It's the son of his love. I am redeemed. I'm a new creation. It's no longer Catherine who lives, but Christ who lives in Catherine. And that's something you can quote and something you can say, but what if you actually believed it? What if you applied faith just to that truth? It's no longer you who lived, but Christ who lives in you. No, seriously, just you know, tilt. Think about that. No longer you, but a slightly better version of you. No, that's not what it says. 
It's no longer you who lives, but Christ himself who lives in you. Therefore, Romans 6, reckon yourself dead indeed to sin and alive to God in Christ. Come into agreement. Apply faith because your faith overcomes the world. Hallelujah. This is liberty. This is freedom. And it's so much more glorious than we've ever understood. And it's not something you have to try and find your way into, which is so wonderful. Because if you're trying to find your way, you'll never find it. If instead you'll realize, thank God, I just look to you. You are the way. You are the truth. And I'll just agree with you. I'll just come to you. I'll look to you. You're the glory and the lifter of our heads. And whenever I start to get introspective and I try and, you know, think about, oh, I need to work on myself. God continually just lifts up my head and distracts me away from myself with his love, with his life, with his face. Because when I see him, I remember I've been made like him. He's our glory and the lifter of our head. Yet religion tells us to examine ourselves and continually look at ourselves and and try and improve ourselves. And there is nothing you can do to improve. God has said, I want you to reckon yourself dead indeed and apply faith to the fact that it's no longer you who lives. You have been crucified with Christ, united with him in his death, his burial and his resurrection. It's now no longer you who lives, but Christ who lives in you as he is so I. Are you in this world? What does that mean? What does that look like? It's glorious and it's exciting. And every thought that you have about yourself that doesn't agree with that reality needs to to come into submission. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's the light of the world. He is the light of the world. He is our freedom. And he's given us power to exercise faith. Amen. Amen. Now, as we worship, this is why I love Fridays. I just love the freedom just to be able to just see where the Holy Spirit's going. I wasn't going to preach any of this, but that's what the Holy Spirit dropped into my, my heart tonight. But I believe that the Lord is inviting us into a place where we, we lose sight of ourselves. God, this is, this is the revelation I believe the Holy Spirit is trying to give us right now, to lose sight of ourselves so that we see completely who he is. In his light, we see light. You know, we're not called to be um, those that are, seeking to please ourselves, but to please Him. And the delight in pleasing Him, the delight in knowing Him and finding Him is that we no longer have to be thinking about ourselves, but we get to see Him. We get to begin to think with the mind of Christ. We get to love Him. We get to love others. And we get to enjoy the the richness of the destiny that God has got on each one of our lives. It's an invitation, but it's not an inevitability. The promises that God's put on your heart, they are invitations just waiting for you to lift up your head. 
lose sight of yourself and begin to see like he sees. If you believe that it's no longer you who live, but Christ who lives in you, you're going to expect your day to be amazing tomorrow. If you believe that, you're not gonna be worried or ambitious or self-seeking. If you believed it's no longer you who lives, but Christ who lives in you, you'd wake up in the morning with an excitement in your heart about what's gonna happen today? Who's gonna be impacted by his love next? Am I right? Can you feel it? The Spirit of God is breathing on this truth. And I'm just gonna ask the guys to come back up and worship because I believe God can do better than I can in bringing this revelation to you. He wants to magnify himself as you lift up your voices to worship him, just to, to see his face. The Holy Spirit, I believe, wants to breathe on the truth, on the word of God, and bring you into a place of liberty and freedom. Now, just before we, we do that, I, I wanna encourage you. The Holy Spirit is here, and he wants to heal. He wants to save. He wants to deliver. But all of that happens because of who he is. It's the reality of his great power, his great love, the person of Jesus, the spirit of Christ who's here right now. Now, whatever you need, he wants to do. He wants to meet you. And we never really know what Fridays are gonna look like. But I believe that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He was the healer then. He's the healer now. He's the savior. But he's inviting us to respond to him. If you're here tonight and you know in your heart you're not walking with God, I wanna give you the opportunity to respond to him and say, Lord, I want to. I want to respond to you. I want to receive you as Savior. It's one thing to believe that God exists, but it's another thing to actually respond and say, Lord, I want to lose my life to find yours. I want to exchange my sin to receive your righteousness. There's something that happens, and it's called being born again. When we surrender our lives to him and we receive the gift of righteousness, the gift of freedom, hallelujah, the gift of salvation. And that happens as we respond to him with our free will. If you're here tonight and you know in your heart you need to get your life right with God, I wanna give you that opportunity before we go any further. If you're here and you say, yeah, that's me. I wanna get my life right with God tonight. I wanna respond to his mercy I want to be born again. Can I just see your hand? I want to pray for you. Is there anybody here tonight that says, yes, that's me? I want to give my life to Christ tonight. Hallelujah.